Oh, good morning, everybody. It is a joy to see you. We've got a lot of special things happening here. Uh, I, can, I, don't, I can't contain uh, what I'm sensing and noticing about the Lord. There are people in here who, uh, who have miracles in their lives, and I know we know about them. We just don't have time to talk about all of them. It's beautiful. And we have students here who are going to have the courageous moment of professing publicly their faith in Jesus Christ. This is a, just a beautiful, a beautiful day. I want to take just a moment before I open the scriptures for you. Um, if you look on your insert here, uh, I want you to notice this Rediscover nomination sheet. Uh, we've been talking about Rediscover for a few, few weeks now. I just want to give you a quick heads up about how you can help just really enrich the life of our church um, and just really help us move forward uh, into our next steps. Uh, after uh, a few years where we have really been blessed by the Lord of dealing with some circumstances that uh, were outside of our control, the Lord has brought us through and we're praising him for it, and now we're taking a big deep breath and saying, oh Lord, you are so good. What do you have for us now? What do you have for us now? Rediscover is that period of time over the next few months where we're going to be asking those questions to you, the whole church, to really ask God, uh, you've done a great work. Help us to see what you've done in our lives and where you'd like us to, to go next. And so uh, I want you to help me in a couple of ways. One, pray and talk as we open up these opportunities. But two, uh, Rediscover is going to be facilitated by a Rediscover team. You see how creative I am there? A Rediscover team. It's just a team of people. They're not going to be decision makers, but facilitators to help us listen to God together. And I want you to help me know who the people are that God might be leading to do that. So I want you to nominate folks. You can read about who you should nominate here. You can nominate yourself if you'd like. There ain't no shame about it if the Lord's calling you. And if you're wondering, hey, I don't know if so-and-so would want to be on the team. Don't you worry about it. You just put their name down. We'll send them an application. And if they don't want to do it, they won't send the application back in. See, we got it all figured out. But I could really use your help. Who's God calling? Um, would you fill that out? You can hand that to me, pop it in the offering plate, uh, hand it to an usher on the way out. Uh, that would be super helpful. Now, today we're going to be hearing the word of the Lord from the Gospel of Mark. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles or turn your attention to the screen. Mark chapter 9, uh, verses 2 through 9. I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Six days later, and Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to, to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? 
Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I got about 10 minutes because the most important thing we're going to do today is celebrate the Lord's work in our students who have prepared themselves to receive and profess their faith in Jesus Christ. We've been working together, uh, pastors and staff and parents and mentors, uh, to over the past three or four months to just really help celebrate the most life-changing, important decision that these students would ever make, and that is to profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And they're going to do so publicly with courage today. How many of you all love public speaking? You don't have to publicly speak. You just look at me and answer the questions, okay? You're courageous folk. So between now and then, between now and when, we, and when we celebrate that, I have the glorious task of declaring the word for you today, which is, it is good for us to be here. The word for the day is, it is good for us to be here. I wonder, where do you love to be? Personally, one of my favorite places that I love to be is a chair with a book next to a fireplace and a dog somewhere else. Look, I love the forest and being in the mountains. What about you? What, what do you love? Do you love the beach? How many of you love the beach? I love the beach. Oh, praise God, it's a good place. I love the beach in the fall because I don't really care to sit in nature's oven in, a, in straight rows with everybody else. What about a fine restaurant? You love to be at a, a, a nice, it doesn't even have to be a fine restaurant, just a restaurant with good food. You can tell when somebody cooks with love. What about Disney World? Some of you just got to go to Disney World. What are these places that you love? Now, sometimes it, it really doesn't matter where you are. It comes down to that moment. There's this enchanting convergence of a place, uh, the person you're with, and an experience. And suddenly, in what would be a typical, maybe ordinary time or place, something happens and, and you see something new or you sense something beyond is happening. It's like a transcendent reality washes over you and everything is just a little elevated. It's more real. It's more vivid. You feel like you could be in that moment a little more alive. How do you describe an experience like that? It's almost like all you can say is it is good to be here. It is good to be here. And so this morning, my friends, I just want to invite you to, to open the eyes of your heart to the ever-present presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, for wherever He is, we can have that experience that it is just good to be here. We heard that phrase in the Bible a few moments ago. In the Bible, Jesus leads Peter, James, and John. They're three of his disciples. I don't know why he picked them. It's not that he liked them best. He didn't play favorites. I don't know. But they went with him. He led them up to a mountain, a high mountain. Now, that's not really something out of the ordinary. There are mountains all around the area. And if you'll recall, Jesus is prone to going up mountains. It's something that he does. In fact, there was one time he preached a sermon on the mountain. But this time is a little different. 
Listen to what the Bible says one more time. They're on this high mountain, and Jesus was transfigured before them. Listen to what happens. His clothes become dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. This was a trip up the mountain, but all of a sudden, this is one of those moments. This was a trip up the mountain with people that you enjoy, people that are really special to you, but this is one of this moment, one of those moments. Something is happening. Literally, physically, in his body, Jesus' appearance is suddenly transformed. His, he's blindingly radiate, radiant, dazzling with an otherworldly, uncreated light. And then, not only that, but it's no longer just the four of them. There are two other people there, two men, two dead men who are strangely recognizable, and they're talking with Jesus. You might be familiar with the names. It's Moses, the lawgiver of ancient Israel, and Elijah, the great and renowned prophet who was prophesied to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Before the Messiah comes, here come Elijah, and there they are. It's like walking around and being like, all of a sudden, I see George Washington. They're sitting there talking with Jesus. And these guys, Peter, James, and John, it's just one of those moments, they're completely awed. And Peter, Peter says, I, I think what, the only thing that could express this moment, he says, Rabbi, talking to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Hey, so I want to add a little color to that moment because it, it, you may not be tracking with me yet. Uh, so I'm going to add color with two things, mountains and light. So Throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, you might have picked up on the fact that God shows His glory very often on a mountain. On Mount Sinai, for example. If you didn't read this in the Bible, you may have seen Charlton Heston go up there and get the Ten Commandments. Moses goes up Mount Sinai, and, and the descriptions in the Bible, if you're reading the Bible along with us, you're probably getting to this point right now. Listen close, this is beautiful. The glory of the Lord descends upon this mountain... And it's so powerful that some people can't even get close to it. And he invites Moses up, and it's like the mountain is covered with smoke. That's how they describe the powerful glory of God. And Moses goes up, and he, he actually talks with God there, covered in the glory of God. He speaks with God. He, and, and there's this one time Moses is even like, God, I want to see you. And God is like, well, you can't see my face. So he, he makes Moses turn around, and he passes him by. But there on the mountain, all the people see the glory of God, and Moses they're talking to him. Elijah. Elijah is fond of a mountain too. Do you remember Mount Carmel? It's not the Carmel and Nougat. It's an it's a actual mountain. You might remember the story of Elijah. You can read about him in First and Second Kings. Um, he is, has a showdown with the idolatrous prophets of Baal. Ooh. And they had this challenge where Elijah says, my God is real and yours is not. And they say, well, if that's real, I'm going to make this altar and I want you to call down fire from your God. And guess what? The prophets of Baal can't do it. And Elijah is so confident that God can do it that he actually, this is funny, the Bible is funny, he actually pours water all over the altar. It calls down, and God calls down fire, and there, there you see the glory illuminating the entire mountain. It's beautiful. Elijah also hears from God, do you remember, in the cave of a mountain, in the cave of a mountain when he is despondent, and the Lord shows himself and speaks in a still, small voice. There's something about a mountain, and here's Jesus, James, Peter, and John, and this happens. The glory, it's like the glory of God is there. Now the light, do you remember that Jesus is 
dazzling and radiant with a light that you cannot be explained happened on a mountain too. Stick with me, this is awesome. Moses, when he went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and the Covenant, you remember when he came back down, this is better than any Mary Kay product you could find. He had been in the presence of God and it was so intense that, that his face radiated light because he'd been in the presence of God. If you could bottle that and sell that, that'd be the best pyramid, I mean, uh, small business opportunity you could ever find. He was, it's like the sun shining off of the moon, Moses' face glowed to the point where when he went down to talk to the folks, it's like if I went down here and talked to you and I had been in the presence of God like that, he wore a veil so that they wouldn't get blinded. It's that light, that light is so powerful that God's glory is like this blinding, powerful, powerful light. And here on the mountain, it's bright and dazzling. But Jesus isn't reflecting someone else's light like the moon to the sun. Jesus is the sun. Jesus, the light is radiating from him. He is the light. Because on this mountain, the light doesn't come from someone else. It comes from Jesus because Jesus is God. All of the light of God that you'd ever see in Scripture is housed in at home in Jesus. All of the glory that you've ever seen in Scripture, the clouds, the big voices, all of it has its home in Jesus. All of the law and the prophets, all of the goodness of the Scriptures are all found in Jesus. God became flesh, and not only can you be in His presence, He will talk with you, and He will show you His face out of His love. In an instant, Unexpectedly, Jesus is revealed as the home of all of God's glory. He is the radiant light. His voice is the voice of God. He is in himself the fullness of God's majesty here for people. Jesus is God. The very, he is the very truth and grace of God. He is mercy and righteousness and might and power. He is, he was, he always will be God in all his fullness. And he stands there on a mountain with his friends who are overcome with the beauty and the love and the majesty. And the only thing they can say is, it is good to be here. What else can you say when you are in the presence of God, but it is good to be here. Now, I hear some people give Peter a hard time. They, they, get, they get a little upset with Peter and they chastise him a little because he says that he wants to build some tents so they can all camp out there. And people say, oh, now, Peter, you know you can only have these experiences with Jesus every now and then. It's called a mountaintop because you've got to come back down and live your ordinary life where these things don't happen is what it sounds like. I think that it is fair to say that you can't live from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience, but, but just like any little thing, there's a kernel of truth there, but it's not the whole truth. I want to correct that notion that Peter did something not quite right by wanting to stay there with Jesus in that powerful place because Jesus doesn't stay on the mountain. Do you know where he goes? Down the mountain with Peter, James, and John. 
And that Jesus who was on the mountain demonstrating the fullness of his glory is the same Jesus who walks down the mountain with him full of God's glory. He's the same Jesus who promises that he will be with you and me until the end of the age. He is the same Jesus that by the power of the Holy Spirit comes into my heart that these students will be professing today that has saved your life. And my point is, is because Jesus is who he is, wherever you are, if you are with him, it is good to be there. Are y'all following with me? Sometimes you got to go up the mountain to realize that Jesus is full of glory and he is with you down the mountain. That every breath you take and every moment you live is an opportunity to be in the powerful, righteous presence of God, to see the glory and majesty of God, to be basking in his love and radiating it out to others like the moon to the sun. Sometimes you have to go to the mountain to realize that every moment you can be with Jesus, that the eyes of your heart could be open wide to see his full presence and love around you so that more and more and more you can say, oh my, I thought I was just making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but boy, is it good to be here. It's a beautiful thing to be in church this morning, isn't it? It's good to be here. It's good to be here in this beautiful sanctuary with these wonderful people. Yes, I'm talking about all of you. Don't nudge your neighbor and say, not you. It's good to be celebrating this moment. It's good because this is a moment where we know that together we are with Jesus, who is the fullness of everything that God is. But it's good to be here so that we can remember that when we walk out of here, that that we are still surrounded by the all-powerful presence of Jesus. And it is good to be there every moment after because Jesus is good and he is everything and he is always with us. And so it is good to be here. And Jesus, you are all power, love, and grace, and truth, and it is good for us to be here. Oh, Jesus, you love us beyond measure. You've rescued us from sin and death. Your blood has washed us clean of all of our guilt and made us white as snow, and your embrace comforts and strengthens us. It is good for us to be here. Jesus, you have captivated the hearts of these students and their families, and we witness their love for you today. We get to see them boldly and joyfully proclaim their faith, and for you to give their lives, give your life for them and them to you, and receive power from on high. Jesus, it is good for us to be here. And Jesus, when you send us out from this place, into the world where you promise to be present until the end of the age, and we go and we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and comfort the afflicted, it will be good for us to be there too, for wherever you are, it is good for us to be there. You know, sometimes you're just doing a thing, and this transcendent realization washes over you that everything is elevated, it's a little more clear, it's a little more vivid, your life is a little bit more alive and rich. That is what it is like to see the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you, see him, be with him, look for him, love him more and more and open the eyes of your heart now and tomorrow and the next day and the next moment so that more and more the chorus and refrain of your life will be filled with that awe so that all you can say in that moment is, it is good for us to be here. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Will you pray with me, Father?
You are good and you are righteous and you are true and you are full of glorious light and you are with us. Open the eyes of our heart that we might see your presence and your glory and your majesty. Help us to see more and more each and every day and each and every moment that we might be awed with your power and your presence and your deep and everlasting abiding love. Help us, help us to know the great joy that is overcoming our words where all we can say is it is good for us to be here. Amen.